Pastor Ray Bentley points out how to reach others most effectively. The Holy Spirit is speaking in a thousand different ways every single day to those who hear and invest in the kingdom of God and grow in your faith. Because then come what may, you will have better than gold shining within you. You have peace that passes understanding. And that's what we'll be able to share with others, even in difficult times. Spread the news. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Believers shouldn't be reservoirs of love, repositories where love sits and stagnates. No, we're to be conduits, channels of love, allowing God to bless other people through us. Well, today, as Pastor Ray continues our studies in the book of James, good instruction on how to put that strategy to work. Now, by way of, uh, again, a little bit brief introduction to this book, I love this book uh, for a variety of reasons. One, the name of the book is James, but that's not the original name. The original name would have said Yaakov, because the real name of the book is Jacob. James is kind of the King James anglicized version of it. What also makes this interesting is that this guy named Jacob happened to be the half-brother of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And we learn about this James because, uh, you know, Jesus had other brothers. He also had other sisters. Um, And apparently somewhere when he was young, the last time we read about Joseph being in the family picture is when Jesus is 12. You remember Jesus goes to the temple and he's asking questions and answering questions that, that is blowing the minds of the oldest, wisest sages and, and rabbis in Jerusalem. We never read of Joseph again. We imagine that at some time when Jesus is quite young, for whatever reason, Joseph dies, which means Jesus being the eldest brother took the responsibility for the family. We know that from the time he was 12, for the next 18 years until he was 30, he would have been the carpenter of their local family carpentry shop. And and we don't talk a lot about that, but it does say something in that we believe that Jesus is not only Christ and Messiah, but he is God who incarnated into flesh and that he spent 18 years being a, a blue collar workman, if you will, and working with his hands and working with tools and being faithful and and kind of being the overseer and shepherd of of his brothers and sisters until they probably were grown of an age and he'd come of age and then he was able to begin his ministry. Now, James did not believe in Jesus. He did not believe he was the Messiah. I'm sure James heard about, you know, there were some unusual circumstances about my brother's birth and there's all these rumors But apparently he didn't put it all together and immediately go, and and by the way, I'm glad that the Bible tells it like it is. It's not some made up, you know, story where they all walked around like this and following Jesus as little brothers and sisters and it was all perfect. To me, it authenticates it. That is, his brothers were like, we don't get it. Who are you? And he surely had to be (laughs) different 
than his other brothers and sisters. Number one, he never did anything wrong. He never got in trouble. You know, and I've thought about his carpenter shop. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it have been awesome? What if you got a dining room set made by Jesus of Nazareth? It's like, man, it's like, it's like it's perfect or something. And it probably was. But anyway, I digress. James did not believe he was a Messiah. Probably thought he was, he's mystical, he's religious, he's spiritual. Miracles are starting to happen, but they were worried about him as only a family could be. Because the rumors had spread from Jerusalem in the south to Nazareth in the north that he had made very upset those who were in power and in authority, and they wanted him dead. They were saying things like blasphemy, which was punishable uh, by death. And finally, it got so bad that James, along with others, went to Jesus and tried to get him to stop and stop his ministry and come home. To which Jesus said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who are my sisters? But those who do the will of God. In other words, no, I'm not coming home. I am about my father's business. Jesus then is crucified. What was that like for James? What was it like for the other brothers or sisters of the Lord? Crucified, what their greatest fears had now been realized. He had been put to death. And above his head, his crime written, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Then he is buried. On the third day, after all that heartbreak, now there are stories that he has risen, that he is resurrected. And we read in the book of Acts uh, that the Lord appeared at one time to more than 500 people who had gathered together. He appeared obviously to the apostles. He made many appearances for a period of over 40 days before he made his final ascension into heaven. He appeared to groups of believers. And then we read, and he appeared unto James, the very author of this book. I would give anything if there's a video of that in heaven. I would love to see Jesus appear before his brother James, who loved him as a brother, knew he was unusual, but did not believe he was the Messiah. And there standing before him is the same brother and the same body with the wounds that are now healed in his hands and his side and his feet and on his head. And he says, James, I am the Messiah. And James, who was not a believer, becomes not only a believer that Jesus is the Messiah, he becomes one of the leaders of the early ancient church in Jerusalem and goes on beyond that to become a martyr who dies and says, look, I didn't believe in him. I didn't think he was the Messiah. I saw him risen from the dead with my own eyes and they killed him for it. I mean, it just authenticates. This is a powerful testimony. On top of that, you know, you think about that Jesus has sisters. When we get to heaven, there are going to be some brothers and sisters who look physically like him, but that are there in heaven. It's an awesome experience. And when James begins uh, this book, you know, I, I mentioned at the very beginning of James, if I were, you know, if you have somebody famous that you are related to, you kind of let people know. If your brother, I mean, imagine for James, hey, my brother turned out to be God. I mean, how bigger does it get than that? You might want to mention that at the beginning of your letter. Hey, James, by the way, my brother is the Messiah. You might want to listen and read my letter. But instead, he goes, he starts off, 
listen to this, James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Yeshua Christ, meaning Messiah. I am the bondservant of God. And he calls now his brother in that, that distant love and respect. He is the Lord Yeshua, as I knew him on earth, and he is also the Messiah. So this is written by a man who has a powerful testimony, written at a time that there was a lot of trouble in the Roman Empire. It was crumbling economically, difficulties politically, challenges, uh, very similar maybe that we can relate in, in one way or another. So he brings some very beautiful, powerful, practical exhortations to us. So go with me to verse uh, 16. We'll go back to there. James chapter 1, verse 16. James writes, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. We talked about that's an expression of uh, the creator, the Father of lights, the lights being the sun, the moon, the stars, and the 12 pictures in the stars tell the story of the gospel from time immemorial. And it's a beautiful, powerful story. In fact, in Jeremiah chapter 31, where the prophet Jeremiah gave the new covenant, God said the only way the new covenant can be broken is if the, the stars and the sun and the moon cease to exist. It's not going to happen. He's going to keep his promises. So with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Now here in verse 18 is where we pick up. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, of his own will. I want you to know that salvation, everything in salvation is of God. We make a big deal, like we, we share the gospel, we present the gospel, we give invitations for people to, and, and you know, I implore people, come to Christ, receive the Lord. You know, get your sins forgiven. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Know that when you die, you'll go to heaven. And we implore people to do that. And they make that decision. As I made that decision when I was 11. And you make that decision whenever you came to Christ. But once we have become Christians, once we have decided to and chosen to believe in Christ and the gospel and we've received him into our hearts and we are now God's eternal sons and daughters. Once we're in the family we are let in on a family secret. And the family secret is that before you chose him, he chose you. And he really chose you a long, long time ago. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Pastor Ray was a very kind and friendly pastor. He will be greatly missed. He, of course, is enjoying the full essence of God's glory. We will see him again someday. Heavenly Father, please bless his wife, family, and church members. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Prayers and messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio and the whole Bentley family. If you'd like to send a message, just email us, ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online 
at www.raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Read with me in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. This is in your notes. It's a parallel passage and, and scripture that says the same thing that James is saying. Let's read it out loud. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. You know, just as God acted freely to create the universe and the sun and the moon and the stars, so he freely chose to bring us into his family. I've described it like this. Humanity is like on this, you know, it's described by Jesus as a big broad path and there's millions and masses of people going down this road. What they don't realize is there's a way which seems right unto a man and yet the end of that road is destruction. And people don't see, you know, you're laughing, you're with your friends, you're going, you know, you're getting older as you're going down and through your generation. And no one realizes that way, way up on ahead where they hear these screams that you don't know is that the thrill of victory or is that the screams of the agony of defeat? It's as it were a cliff that goes nowhere. On the side of the road of humanity as it's passing and marching by through its generations on this brief time here upon the earth, on the side are these gigantic, beautiful golden doors. This is a parable. And above these doors is written in beautiful gold, whosoever will come and receive life eternal. Walk through these doors. In front of those big, beautiful, golden gated doors is a herald preaching the everlasting gospel of Jesus. And that if you will turn aside from the road upon which the masses are going, and if you will walk through these doors, everything you've ever dreamed of, everything you've ever wanted, everything you've ever desired will be fulfilled. And you will enter into eternal glory. So you're listening, you're walking, and your friends are going, forget that, man, let's just go and keep, you know, down, well, let's have fun, and uh, we'll worry about it later, or whatever excuses they give. And, and so you listen, and they're kind of pulling you along, and you go down the road. But then you stop and something causes you to come back and you stand there and you keep listening. And you hear your friends begging and pleading like sirens, come, 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 what are you waiting for? Let's go, man. Life is short, grab for all the gusto you can. And the herald is saying it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Jesus loves you, he died for you, rose for you and so the gospel being presented and you're torn in your mind and you go back and forth and no, I'm gonna go with my friends. No, I'm gonna go through those doors and Finally, you take a deep breath and say, that's it, I'm going. And you, you break away from the pack and the path and you cross through those doors. As you go inside, everything, it's paradise. It's like heaven, you know, it's, it's beautiful. It's the kingdom, a banquet table is set before you. Now, those who have gone before you that have loved the Lord are there. Jesus is there, angels are there. There's singing, there's music that you feel the vibrations in every cell of your being. And you are filled with this joy and happiness. Suddenly two angels come next to you as you're enjoying and just overwhelmed with this. And they grab your shoulders and they turn you around so that you are now looking at the backside of those golden gates that you would walk through. And they lift your eyes above it to a, a gigantic plaque that is again of gold. 
and inscribed, carved into the gold, are the lists of names, millions of names. And they walk you over to a certain section and point with their finger that highlights in light your name. And there you see your name beautifully inscribed in gold. And you say, wow, my name, I just came in a few moments ago. How did you get my name written in so fast? And they say, no, you don't understand. Your name was inscribed there by your Father in heaven himself before the foundations of the universe were even created or laid. And you go, wait a minute, no, no, no. How could that be? You don't know how close I came. I almost didn't come in. He goes, yes, but you did. And God knew. And so sometimes, you know, you have people that are always worried about predestination and, you know, maybe I've shared with people who maybe were raised in hearing that and they go, well, what if God didn't pick me? And so here's what I always say to them. I go, look, if right now, as I share the gospel with you, if you'll humble yourself and accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you'll find out that he already knew that and had inscribed your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. They go, yeah, what if I don't? I go, well, then you'll find out he knew that too. They go, well, then that means the ball's back in my court. I said, exactly. We can't think like God and we can't know what God knows. So <laughs> you choose, but no, and, and so we're without excuse. And, and, and yet that's a glorious secret when you come in that you find out God's already known and chosen you. They experience salvation through the word of truth, the gospel. Romans 10, 17 is in your notes. Let's read this scripture out loud. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I love that. Um, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. All right, let me, let me say this. Have you noticed that the stock market is, is, is not as big as it used to be? Has anybody noticed that? It's amazing how it's gotten less than it was. Well. So then you hear a lot of people talking about gold and, and so, you know, invest in gold because it has real value and substance and so gold has gone up and so that seems to be working. Uh, but let me share this with you. What if I told you that there is something that is more valuable, more precious and more sure than either the stock market or even than gold that still can fluctuate depending on what's going on. And guess what it is? And I'm telling you, there has never been a better time for those who have ears to hear. If you invest in this commodity, if you will, it does nothing but go straight up. It never goes down. It never loses. It only increases. And it's not only for earth, but it's for eternity. The Bible says that that which in the kingdom of heaven is more precious and more valuable than gold is faith. And faith means more than just believing. A lot of people say, well, I believe in God. No, that's not the same as faith. Faith means trust, trusting, knowing God, but believing in God and entrusting your life to him, seeking him, listening to him. Faith, how do we increase faith? Because it's, it's not a static investment. You can increase that faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And, and here, go to, go to the next scripture. First Peter chapter one, verse 23 is in your notes. Let's read this one out loud. 
having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Do you want to plant the kingdom of God in your mind? Do you want to plant heaven into your soul? Then plant the word of God and let it be watered and read it and study it. And, and don't just come to church and hear and you know, listen to Bible studies. But when you receive the word and seek to live it and apply it, when you let the word challenge you, that's when the word is being planted deeply in your heart and that's what yields fruit. God is, the Holy Spirit is speaking in a thousand different ways every single day to those who hear and will have ears and will listen, invest in the kingdom of God and, and invest in your faith and grow in your faith in the Lord. Because then come what may, come what may outwardly, uh, you will have better than gold shining within you. You have peace that passes understanding. You will have joy unspeakable and full of glory. You will have the spirit of the Lord. There is glory within the hearts of those who believe and trust and invest in the word of the Lord. And that's what we'll be able to share with others, even in difficult times, love. The glory of God is love. Yeah, if you wanna clap, go ahead. I mean, I, I'm telling you. Now, let me also, I got some good news to share. Would you like to hear some good news? Always, if you want good news, go to the Bible or go to church. Um, good news. A friend of mine that I've known for over 20 years, an engineer um, who was part of the one who engineered this amazing building, which was uniquely designed. If you look up and the structures. I mean, we take it for granted that we come in and the roof doesn't fall on our fuzzy little heads. But somebody had to engineer it and design it. And the building over there, the fellowship hall, and the two-story building there, and all the classrooms, and on top of that, our school. The engineer that has been here many times to church, whose wife is a deeply committed Christian and follower, and whose you know, children and daughters and son deeply committed, and he sympathetic and loving and surrounded by Christians all of these years, but himself not a believer. Partly because he was raised as a conservative or orthodox Jew in that family. And so it was always, how do I reconcile and am I abandoning? And you know, I would share well, how to put them together and, and that you're not abandoning and it's a completion and it's a fulfillment and he finally came uh, this last Wednesday and he goes, you know, in a difficult time in his life, but he came to me and he said, why am I coming to you and why am I not going to a rabbi? He goes, today I'm ready to cross the doors and receive Christ as my savior. And he received the Lord. Our God is a, he is a dad and he is a father and he is patient. And you know, every day the Lord is adding to the church daily such as should be saved. Pastor Ray Bentley with perspective on God's plan for the church and God's plan for the church to reach outside the church. Now today's study is titled, God is Good All the Time. 
If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at RayBentley.com. That's RayBentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day, automatically, at no charge. And also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. Why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books, The Cyrus Mandate and As the Days of Noah, both prophetic fiction novels in the Elijah Chronicle series. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. And you can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of James. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.